You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Now, my next guest this evening is based in Kerry and just before lockdown launched Grounded Pottery, a sustainable ceramic ware business. Earlier, I spoke to Emma Carmody to find out more about the business and the beautiful products that make the perfect Mother's Day gift. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Emma, thanks a million for taking the call today. Um, I came across you actually a few months ago. Grounded Pottery is the business that you found it with your mother and you do beautiful travel mugs. Um, and before we find out more about those, and they are really unusual and different and unique, um, you and your mother worked together in the business. So you're based down in Kerry and that's where you grew up and your mother has been a potter for as long as you can remember. Yes, yeah. So I grew up, um, I suppose, at the time that I was a baby, she was teaching. And then by the time my youngest, my next sibling came along, I was about two and she opened a pottery shop. But she had um, she had just fallen in love with ceramics in art school. Uh, a lot of courses, you know, you'd get a taste for everything in the first year. And as soon as she did ceramics, she knew that that was the one. So um, I've grown up, I suppose, looking at the process and, and seeing all the bits and pieces that can be made and, you know, collaborating with her even at a young age, we, we would have been asked for any ideas around Christmas time and we would have shot around every random idea that we had. Um, for example, there was one actually that I said, do an angel, an angel would be cool. And then she's like, how will, you know, why would somebody want an angel? And what we ended up doing was a big bowl with an angel and its arms around it. And the angel's wings then were like two smaller bowls for dips. So little things like that, I suppose it's always been, that's what I find, found with starting the business. I felt this pull back to my creativity with moving back to Kerry, I had been away from Kerry for 10 years and um, it was just being home and having started my own family and wanting that more flexibility aside from, you know, a nine to five job um, and then having that creative outlet in it. I just think it's really important. I think a lot of Irish people actually have this inherent creativity. It's just something about us as a, as a culture. Um, we all need some way to express ourselves. So that was part of the reason for starting the business. But isn't it interesting that in spite of having that creative interest and, and collaborating with your mother as a child, you actually didn't follow in her footsteps. You kind of nearly resisted having, having a career in the, the creative industries and you ended up in banking. Yeah, like honestly, I did see her struggle as well. So even though our, you know, those guidance counselling tests and stuff in secondary school would have been directing me towards anything designer related. I just had this thing in my head that no, that wasn't what I was going to do. That wasn't how I was going to be um, rich and have a three story house, which was what I wanted at the time. So um, I suppose look, it is a struggle for makers. And I've seen that within the past three years with running the business. I follow a lot of other small Irish businesses. And um, it's tough going, you know, because you're constantly having to push yourself and motivate yourself and keeping yourself in line. You know, there's nobody kind of to answer to, only yourself. Um, so I suppose that was one of the things that probably stopped me from doing it. But when I, in 2020, when, or tw so it was late 2019, actually, when I was on my second maternity leave and mom wasn't working at the time and there was talk of getting rid of the wheel and the killing and it just broke my heart at the thought of not even having the option to make stuff for her and for any of us um there's five of us in the family 
So I came up with the idea at that stage for, for the travel cups um, because I wanted something, I would be quite environmental myself, but I wanted something that would last. Um, I feel like some of the love for Irish craft items has been lost, but there's less and less homes that you go into and you'd find a full set of handmade pottery in the kitchen cupboards. It's usually, you know, these things that have been imported that you can get quite cheaply. So for me, that wasn't to go or that tableware stuff. And then I suppose it's more exclusive down the road of, of sculpture pieces and, and one-offs. But I want something kind of middle of the road where people could invest in one good piece. And um, the beauty about ceramics is that it can last forever. Yes, it's fragile. If you drop it, it's going to break. But if you don't drop it, it actually can last your lifetime. And we have mugs in the cupboards that are 20 years old. We've got teapots that go up to 40 years old in our house at home. Um, and I've had so many people coming back to me since we started Ground of Pottery saying, oh gosh, your mother used to be based in Venerable. I have this, that and the other thing from her and it still looks brand new. It's still in perfect working order. So um, yeah, that's one of the big things about, about ceramics and how our travel cups are better than alternative travel cups that don't necessarily last and I must ask you then, you started the business in 2020, just before COVID. What sort of impact did that have on you? It was actually very encouraging because I think at the time, if, you know, with everyone being locked down, everyone was kind of trying to find their own little space. And that's, you know, at that time I had kind of, I'd started it on Instagram and I found that because everybody had nowhere to shop, um, they needed to find the alternatives and there was just such support there was a right little community a little network of people from the very beginning um, fair enough it didn't it wasn't in line with my original business plan was to, to sell through coffee shops and to be able to do more of the making than more of the marketing but look as things turn out there's never there's never getting away from that marketing side of things and the sales efforts um, so, but we used Etsy, that platform as well, which is really good. It's a really good way of finding something. If you know there's a particular thing you want and you want to try and get it handmade and in Ireland, um, Etsy is a good one to check out. I actually found, now in fairness, our mugs at that stage, we were still testing the waters and they were that bit cheaper. We were doing ourselves a disservice in what we were charging for them. But, uh, you know, initially I based them off of what's in the market, which wasn't comparable to our products. They're very high quality, if I do say so myself. They're, you know, they're, I like to think of them as sustainable luxury. Um, and obviously, you look at, you naturally think, what would somebody pay for this? So we had them at around €25 Euro at the time. Did very well in Christmas 2020. Um, I think very people were very focused on supporting small businesses at that stage. They were, they were supporting the people who hadn't been able to, to open their doors for the, the past however many months. Um, but we did have to put the price up because we realized we were working our butts off and not necessarily getting anything from it after we paid for our costs um, and our time. The time is the, the, the most heaviest input in the, the ceramics. You know, clay itself can be quite cheap. Um, so once you've got your equipment, um, the clay and the materials can be quite cheap. But I suppose it's all those add-on pieces. You know, it's paying for the website. It's, it's doing your marketing. It's I sourced the lids. I wanted to get them branded. And last year I did, but you have to order a minimum quantity. Even things like the packaging. So I, I tried to source a lot of the packaging reused or repurposed. So any box that comes in the house, my husband was mad at me. I've boxed those boxes out in uh, my workshop because I just feel like there's no need for you know, a big grand gesture of this lovely, pristine box. They're all, um, they would have a plastic overlay on them. Even our business cards are just raw craft. So I tried to avoid buying anything new, but I did have to um, 
purchase a specific size box, obviously for the security of posting the mugs because they're all posted. There's very um, few. Well, actually, I have done a lot of markets, but in general, like 90% plus would be going in the post, so they need to be secure. But my in-laws and my sister's in-laws and everybody save their newspapers for us. And that's what we use as the majority for our packing, our padding, um, uh, with a little half apology note that goes in with it to say, look, this is the reason it doesn't look fancy, but it's good for the planet. You know, so that's one of our big values. And that's great that the sustainability side of it follows right through all aspects of the, mm-hmm. the business. I'm very interested in finding out more about what's involved in actually making a piece of pottery because you know you've talked about their time there and it's not a case of sitting down at the potter's wheel like I think most people listening may have seen that movie Ghost with Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze so you know we can all visualize um the the process with the wheel and all of that and isn't there there's a tv program now yes the great pottery throwdown yeah so you that's actually I think that's a really good one for educating people because they can see how much time and effort goes into it and how much can go wrong. Like I am so blessed that I had my mother's skills coming into this business because um, she's been she's been making pottery for, I would say nearly 40 years. And so it's just a, quite a natural thing to her. You know, if you, if you watch somebody who's really good at their craft, it's amazing and they make it look so easy, but it's really not. I've been practicing on the wheel and it, it is tricky. So. But my my good mother Marjorie does all the throwing on the wheel. Um, so basically, what happens is we would get bagged clay, and I would do the heavy duty stuff of putting it through a machine called a pug mill, which takes out any air bubbles um, and kind of refines it to make it easier to work with. We also would reuse clay, so it, it kind of go it's circular, I suppose. Our system, say for example, I pug the clay and it's prepared for the wheel. Mom throws them. And then after a couple of days, when they're at a very certain point uh, called leather hard, we turn them upside down back onto the wheel and we trim the base of them and we give them a little foot ring uh, because it means that the glaze will catch to right underneath the base of the cup. And it just it's just an added insulation factor. So any of those trimmings that come off the wheel then go back into a bucket that can be dried out on a plaster bat and then put back in through the pub mill with the fresh clay from the bag. Uh, you can also water down the clay and it's called slip and you can use it for decorating. You can also use it if you're making things by hand. If you're hand building and you're doing things like, like coils or slab building, which if anyone's watching the pottery throw down, they'll know all about it. The slip is like the glue that goes in between the two pieces of clay. Um, so once that's done, then usually on the day that the, the turning has been done or the day after, we, we you keep them covered in between, but we do any imprinting that needs to be done at that stage. So we do a lot of personalized cups. And so names or texts and quotes and things like that can be imprinted. Some of our designs then do have that imprinting for texture. And then sometimes we use those decorative slips as well, just for added texture. So they're, you know, there's a nice tactile feeling to them. And that's one of the big things about handmade pottery that I love is that you feel that it's come from the earth. You know, there's just something really wholesome about it. And I think it's just, it's just a primitive thing that sure, humans have been making pottery for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. I mean, when people were uh, in nomadic lifestyles and, you know, they followed the rivers for their sources of water. And then the rivers also provided their clay to be able to make their vessels to hold food and drink in, you know, so it's just all very, very natural, I feel. And where, um, and where does the clay come from? All the clay that is in Ireland actually comes from the UK. 
Um, I'm not quite sure about this, and I'd love to delve into it a little further. I'm doing um, a circular economy course at the moment with um, MTU, and it's one of the things I want to explore is trying to source our own very basic material. So I think what I'm going to start with is more of the glazing elements, but we have dug our own clay. We have tried it, and you sift it through, and you get any of the grit out. But the majority of stuff comes from um, companies in the UK. Stoke-on-Trent would be uh, probably the, the pottery epicenter of the UK. I think that's where that program is based, actually, as well as Stoke-on-Trent. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where we get it from at the moment. But there is there is a few potters that I follow. I think there's a guy in Spain, and he does all his own pots. Now, they're very, very rugged. You know, they're really primitive-looking. Um so it, it's not necessarily what you'd use for tableware. It would be sculptural pieces um, and more decorative pieces, you know, vases and jars and things like that. But when you want to be drinking out of something, you do kind of want that smooth feel. Um, you've got China clay then as well, which is up the other end. That's the most luxurious and the most expensive. And you can get that working quite thin. Um, and China clay is pure white as well. And obviously that comes from China. It's very high in the silica, which um, makes it much harder. It's harder wearing, actually. Then uh, some of the other ones, earthenware would be ones that you'd use for your everyday tableware, and then stoneware sits in between. So you'd use that for things that are like dishes that go in and out of the oven. You know, those terracotta style dishes and that. So, um, yeah, that's the clay side of it. And then we have to fire it twice. So it actually can take two weeks for it to get to bone dry. Um, unless it's in the summertime, we'd often put it outside and let the elements do their work to try and dry them out faster. Um, once they're bone dry, then they go into the kiln for their first firing. They go up to about oh, just over 900 degrees, um, take them out, and then we add any colours that we want to and any glazes that we like, and then we cook them all in our, we have transparent glaze as well. Another go in the pot, in the kiln, and they're ready to go. So it's usually, I usually tell customers three to four weeks is what we allow, just to give ourselves enough time to actually generate enough to fill a whole kiln as well because you know you want to be energy efficient with that we don't do half loads so uh we have to just work in small batches is how we operate and it sounds like all those different elements of you know you said there when your mother sits down at the pottery wheel it probably she makes it look very easy but is it, it must be quite physically demanding it is and that's why i suppose you would only do i mean some look some potters can probably sit there all day on the wheel but it does do something to your back. You're bent over, you're hunched over constantly because your your legs are nearly at the same height as the wheel itself. And to see the shape of it as it's forming, you do need to bend over. If you can see me now, I, I'm bending over to <laughs> demonstrate. Um, a lot of potters actually use mirrors around them so they can see it from all angles. But it is just something that is, it's very hard on the back. And then I, I remember back in the day is in Venerable and, you know, there was a much bigger production line there um, and lifting shelves full of wet pottery up and down the, the stairs. It was, it was terrifying and uh, difficult at the same time. And tell me about the other products you do, because you do um, other different types of cups, not just the travel mugs. Yeah, so we, we started with travel mugs, I suppose that was the, the idea. And then we were getting inquiries for smaller cups to use at home. So our travel mugs hold 12 ounces, which is the same as a regular pour from any of your coffee machines or a regular size coffee from a coffee shop. Um, our smaller mugs then hold about five ounces and we've been had it on our to-do list for so long to make eight ounce cups, which would be a, like a flat white size, but we just haven't got to it because there is a lot of prototyping. There's a lot of getting it right and it's the, the width of the... The rim needs to be perfect for the lid. 
So our five ounce cups um, are the other ones that we do a lot of the same designs. So you can get you can get your matching travel cup for your set of coffee cups at home. Um, I started making then last year uh, grounding stones. So there's it's a Japanese technique of layering coloured clays together, and it creates lovely waves and you know ripple type movements, and it's all very natural. It's so unpredictable. So um, I then imprint nice little messages into these positive affirmations and things to help you ground yourself. Um, things like inhale, exhale, and breathe, and rise above, count your blessings, stay strong. Those will be some of our most popular ones. Um, outside of that, then I also created shower trays, which are just being redesigned at the moment. Um, so these are to hold shampoo and conditioner bars. So again, just on the environmental side of things, I stopped using bottles of shampoo, I would say four years ago at this stage. Um, and I buy handmade Irish um, soaps, shampoo and conditioner soaps. And I just needed somewhere to put them because I found in the shower, if you leave them in the shower, they'll deter deteriorate quite quickly. So they do sell with their, the, um, the line that they use is that it can, it can last as much as two bottles of shampoo. But that's only if you take it out of the shower. If it's left in the shower, it'll just keep melting. So I wanted to be able to remove it out of the shower. Um, and I created these trays for it. They have a nice wide drip hole. And also, I had noticed a couple of summers ago, my sister was using the shower and she was shouting out, which one's the shampoo? Which one's the conditioner? She had no idea. So I've imprinted shampoo on one side, conditioner on the other side, just so that everybody knows which bar is which. Um, so we do stock those as well with Irish made shampoo and conditioner bars. But... Um, just under a redesign at the moment because I, I had them flat and I want them to be able to hang on the wall as well. So those are coming back. Um, and we have a few other things in, in the pipeline, I suppose. That we, you know, we do things seasonally. It wasn't my intention at the beginning because I wanted, you know, the thing that you buy, I wanted it to be all year round. I didn't want it to be seasonal. I didn't want it to be temporary. I didn't want to buy into any of that marketing side of things. Um, so... But at the same time, there is a demand and people want what they want. And people, I know a lot of people who will buy a new Christmas decoration every year, you know, whether it's for somebody else or just a new one for their own kids or just another one to have on the tree. So um, this year I did make uh, a nice selection of Christmas decorations. Um, Valentine's Day then I did bring out some little love hearts, um, which my daughter was <laughs> trying to give to everybody in her class um and yeah look you know we just do things here and there you know people come to us with requests and when we can facilitate them we do we've done dog bowls we've done plates um we are planning to do lunch bowls as well again on the whole sustainability side to try and encourage people to bring their own lunches to save their leftovers to try and prevent food waste and they'll come covered and then you know you'd hope that people would move into the mindset of bringing their own bowls with them as they are now bringing their own cups as they did a few years ago bringing their own bags so i think it's just a it's just a mindset people need to get into and yes when there's a an incentive there so obviously the plastic bag levy was what made everybody get into the habit of bringing their own bags but there is a coffee cup levy that they're talking about it's due to be in last year but i think with covid um and hygiene things and stuff like that they just didn't want to push it on but the circular economy bill now has announced that there will be a latte levy as they were nicknaming it so it'll see people being more conscious of bringing their own cups with them and you know eventually bringing their own bowls if you're going into a deli and you're getting something to try and avoid that that plastic or that even those those cardboard ones should they still have a plastic inlay in them you know they look deceptive 
given the amount of time that goes into making a product, it must be quite challenging to introduce new products to the line. It is, it is, because it's a whole other set of efforts, I suppose, as well, if you're trying to come up with the reasons, you know, the benefits. This is the selling points for customers. Um, and every time we come up with a new design, I have to do a whole photo shoot for the cup or the mug or whatever it might be um because I suppose that's just part of my creativity as well you know you want everything to look at its best so I often take outdoor photos as well as the ones just in the white light box um which is a handmade light box as well but um yeah and even just listing them on the website is a bit of a rigmarole in itself um and it's things that as a consumer you don't actually realize all the bits and pieces that goes into it but if you look at any big corporation they have a whole team of people for marketing they have a whole team of people to manage a website so for any like small businesses you know anyone under 10 employees it is a case of do what you can do just everybody pitch in and you know try and figure out where your strengths lie um and I do remember when I did approach mom in the, in the beginning she, the one thing she said to me was yeah I mean yeah I'll, I'll make travel cups for you if you can sell them I'll make them that's what she said so um because I think a lot of creative people don't necessarily have the other side of it I, I like I would class myself as a natural introvert but you know when you're working and in whatever career you're in you do have to push yourself outside of that comfort zone and you do have to push that you know chatting to strangers at craft fairs and um talking on the radio and you know coming up with the spiel for the the listing on the website you know you have to come up with something that's going to strike something with somebody that isn't just here's the cup these are the colors these are the dimensions do you know so there's a lot in it um there's a lot more than people kind of ever think about I think well look I think it in in my experience when you find people who are very passionate about making a particular product or creating mm -hmm. an item as, as you have done like that's where their comfort levels lie it's with the creative side of it which you can see then in maybe websites the design of websites for example um, yeah. but as you say then the marketing side like it's very hard to be good at absolutely everything so you have to push yourself outside of your your comfort zone to make sure that the the word is getting out there and I'm delighted that you have taken the time to to, to talk to me today Emma because um, we must remind people that Mother's Day is just around the corner so I hope my family is listening because I know what I would like so yeah. you, be you better share the, the web address in case anybody listening would like to, to get in touch to, to order yeah. one of the cups. Yeah we're at um, it's groundedpottery.ie and then our Instagram handle is at grounded.pottery so again it's you know it's one of those things about reminding people that four weeks in advance you know to get your orders in but look we'll, we'll always make um you know a range of, of things to suit the holidays anyway pre-valentine's day we had some love heart cups in stock just for anyone who's a bit last minute um so yeah but the customizable ones there would need to be would need to be ordered in the next little while we're making our next batch of travel cups next week so they'll be out just in time for, for mother's day as well so as well as doing um individual customized orders we actually have done a good few um corporate orders as well for anybody any big companies looking to encourage their employees to be more sustainable and also to help them in money saving when this last levy does come in that um you know instead of paying an extra 20 cents they'll be able to get a discount and you know they're promoting their own brand at the same time so we hand draw on every 
every piece of the logo uh, or whatever is required. A lot of taglines have been put on cups um, and we could do these up in into batches of kind of up to 100 in maybe a six week period. Fantastic. Well, listen, all the best with it. And thanks again for talking to me. Lovely. Thanks so much, Sharon. Really appreciate it. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM.